Hello and welcome back to the Activation Phase podcast. I'm Tim. I'm with JP. Today we're talking about the Picts. So, what do you know about the Picts, Tim? Um, yeah. So, I think this episode is going to be mainly you talking because I basically know nothing about the Picts. The one thing I do know is that, that they're kind of like Scottish or Irish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not familiar enough, but they are generally in the geographical area, which is now considered Scotland. Uh, right. Whether or not it's the same people, I'm not willing to say. <laughs> I think that's that's up for debate. But uh, I just think about about that area. Um, I think probably one of the worst movies ever created by mankind was was created by the Picts with uh, what's her face, Kira Knightley, being uh, some some Pictish lady. So that's a terrible movie. <laughs> So it's it's basically this 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 war band is much better than that movie, right? So kicking it off, like let's let's maybe move away from that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I think we'll start off by talking a little bit about the flavor of the picks. So why should you play this faction? Uh, in my mind, this is a faction that uh, really rewards being familiar with the terrain rules and being able to set up the board to really take advantage of this particular battle board. It's a battle board where I think the majority of the advanced activations actually depend on um, conditionals, like for example, whether or not you're within terrain, starting close to terrain, um, and kind of manipulating terrain itself. So it's it's it really helps you if you read the few pages on terrain as well and familiarize yourself with that before you pick up this board it's an interesting board because you both have a decent shooting you can fight in melee and you're also incredibly quick even if you're on foot i think they're one of the quickest factions yeah especially with foot and i would have to say they're they're quite similar also to the playstyle of maybe like a pagan peoples if you if we compare it to a different age so it's uh it's generally shooty a lot of movement and a lot of terrain it's crazy i've never seen a faction that has that many like advanced abilities that just really really depend on terrain like you can you can you can't use half the abilities if you don't have difficult terrain <laughs> yeah so i think maybe one way of, of boosting that in your favor or tipping that in your favor is we can talk about in the selection of the warband itself uh, with mercenaries but let's maybe start off with just the equipment options themselves. Um, so I think that's where it starts getting quite interesting anyway. So one of the main draws of taking the picks is that you can mount your warlord on a chariot. So your warlord on a chariot, uh, he has javelins, he has an armor of four, in both in melee and in shooting, so he's quite, quite vulnerable. And he goes from eight attack dice down to five in melee and four in shooting. So right now it doesn't sound particularly good. However, there's some <laughs> bonuses. First, it's uh, the model it itself is pretty cool, so it's uh, epic. It's it's unique, so you just kind of ride around in style. So even <laughs> if it was, even if the rules were bad, I would take it. Uh, the second is that it counts all uneven and dangerous terrain as being impassable, so you do lose a little bit of mobility. You can't enter a building. You can't give it a war banner. However, okay, we're coming to the positives. <laughs> the we obey is l instead of s um so actually that's that's the only good part <laughs> no and it's not the only good part you look amazing yes okay it's a flashy flashy ride <laughs> um 
but it, I think it, it really helps you anyway. So uh, you can boost up the shooting as well uh, with some of the abilities. So I think it, it kind of evens out in the end and, and just having the extra range for Wii Bay is great, especially because this warband tends to spread out quite a lot. You don't have to take it. Uh, you can also just be a standard boring warlord on foot like a peasant. Um, <laughs> and there you just have melee, uh, the standard melee uh, uh, loadout for warlord. Your hearth guards uh, ha can be mounted uh, on horses and then they have javelins or they can just be on foot with no special equipment. Same thing with warriors. They can just they can only be on foot with no special equipment. And then your levies is where you have a crazy amount of choice. So you can have javelins, yeah. you can have bows or you can have crossbows. However, you're limited to one single unit with crossbows. It's, it's pretty amazing. I would also say that uh, a single unit with crossbows is kind of an auto-include for uh, pretty much. They're so good. Yeah, just take as standard. That's the equipment options out of the way. Uh, however, the picks don't actually have any old friend new enemies options, so you're kind of stuck with your, your picks. You can't play them as something else, but the models are very interchangeable, especially if you don't care too much about the historical accuracy that you can use them for Scots, for example. And um, manufacturers like uh, Footsore actually just advertise their picks and their Scots ranges as being one and the same. So yeah. I, don't, I don't feel too bad about doing that myself. You obviously have to uh, switch out some of the options, but it's it's not that much of a not that different from the Scots, and you also use the same dice, so that helps. I you can also use them for the Irish as well, right? I feel yeah, like I they, think yeah. yeah, I think there maybe the the equipment options are a little bit different um, overall because you're you're probably taking more more slings and stuff like that, but um, I think you'll be able to reuse a significant chunk of your of your collection. Yeah. I think, uh, like before, we're going to pick out just a few of the uh, Battleboard abilities, uh, just to give you a little bit of an idea of uh, how you play this board. We're not going to go through everything. Um, you might notice that my energy levels and my enthusiasm is a little bit lower than for the, the Goth Battleboard. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think they, they have uh, a lot of potential, and I think they're also very strong. Um, so I think the, the standout ability for this board is scouts so it's a uh, ability that uh, where you can use all three dice facings it's uh, played in the activation phase so you activate a unit to move or if you use the rare facing you activate two units to move their move is l for this activation and it cannot be reduced in any way so for example by fatigue terrain etc uh, one stipulation is in one of the scenarios you, uh, I think they explicitly say you can't, uh, like the the frozen river or something does yeah. does, does affect it. But I think that's really just the, the only exception. Uh, however, back to the ability, these units may not activate the shoot until the end of the turn. So there was a little bit of confusion about that, I think, unwarranted. Um, it's It's just you can't. If you activate the the units to sh uh, to move with scouts, uh, you can't you just can't activate them to shoot until your next turn. So no ifs, no buts. The main main thing here is the first rare that I get. I just put on here because it essentially you can move your um, uh, you can move your uh, your levies for very cheap. Uh, get them in, put them in position, especially on the first turn. 
Um, obviously, you can't shoot with them, but you can uh, you can move them L and place them into a piece of terrain that's uh, that you've positioned strategically to cover all of the board, especially if you're talking about the crossbows or something. It's also just great because you can run away. Um, you can't use, or your opponent can't use the fatigue to uh, to slow them down. So any kind of, um, for example, in the, the, the Limas campaign, it really helps you get across the board and to across the to the board edge. So that makes it uh, pretty interesting. Um, and it's just, yeah, you just, um, it's just an all round great, great ability. Um, one thing is it, it is a move, so you can't use it to charge. So that's one downside. But I mean, uh, Scouts doesn't say you can't activate a unit for a charge after you, uh, you made this move, right? So you can still use a Swift as the wind. Um, which takes a uncommon or rare die. Uh, you can activate a unit for a charge or move. And if it ends the activation with an S of an uneven or dangerous terrain, the activation generates no fatigue. I mean, you can you can go really really far if you wanted to, and uh, and let like just screw unit up. I think that's it's yeah, really good. definitely. It's it's uh, it's it's hard to defend against something like this because yeah, you can't yeah. as as the opponent you can't use fatigue. You have Literally, they can move across any any terrain without any issue, uh, so you can't really do anything. So it's um, it's pretty powerful, especially with with that that combo. So uh, that's a very nice uh, follow on. So yes, great. You can use it to charge, or you can also use it to kind of retreat. For example, if you're having your hearth guard with um, with javelins, you move up one, you shoot, and then you you run them away again. So it's. Uh, it's pretty legit. Um, the only stipulation, obviously, is that uh, if you are if you are using this to charge, you do have to make sure that uh, that uh, you know your the, the unit that you're charging is is within S of uh, uh, an even yeah. more dangerous terrain. So that makes it a little bit more difficult, and people can play around with that a little bit. But um, mm -hmm. if you've done your terrain placement properly, there should be relatively little area. Where this is actually relevant, so I think the or my my third favorite one is the secret ways, which is a little bit of a strange one. It's an activation reaction, <laughs> and you, it requires an uncommon dice. So trigger this ability when a non-mercenary unit is targeted of a charge or shooting attack, but before the activation is resolved. Once the melee or shooting attack has been resolved, remove all the figures in the unit and put them back anywhere entirely within very short of uneven terrain and more than M away from all enemy units. So weird. It's pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> but the just to talk a little bit about the potential, um, I think maybe we can uh, we can say first of all this is not something you can do with an objective. Uh, <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't you can't teleport away with an objective. So. So don't think about that. If you check the, uh, the book of battles, uh, it's it's disallowed. Don't don't even try it. Um, but you can uh, you can do a lot of tricks with it. Essentially, you can move across the board. You can capture. You can position your units uh, to capture other other uh, objectives in terms of like uh, was it controlling territory, or for example desecration. If you get charged, you can. Kind of put your unit uh, across uh, across the board next to uh, a marker to destroy it. Um, so it it really means that there's nowhere on the board where it's safe. Uh, 
you do have to be uh, more than M away from enemy units. So that, that limits it a little bit. But uh, even, for example, with the pagan peoples, they have a similar ability uh, where you can transport a, a unit. Obviously, they don't have to be charged. So that's that's kind of one downside. Um, but it's, it's pretty easy to get a unit, especially if they're relatively small, to put it down somewhere uh, within... Uh, within very short of uneven terrain. So you don't even have to be inside the terrain, you just kind of have to be close to it. So yeah, this is a, this, this opens up the board uh, a lot. And it also means that, for example, if you want to put your hearth guard uh, in, in danger's way, and then just use some of the, the abilities further down the board to protect them a little bit, and then also close ranks, you should be okay. Um, and most of them should, yeah. should survive, and it might be worth it just to get that that unit across the board so i think it's it's yeah it's it's very difficult to defend against as well and just having a, a dice on this particular ability as a deterrent also works because either you have to go in and be pretty confident that you're going to destroy the unit completely otherwise it means that this unit is going to be some your back back of the field or next to an objective or something else and then you're going to have to deal with it again so it's a, a little bit of a psychological little mind game that you can play with people as well just to leave the ability on there it's really cool and it's also very unusual ability so i don't think there's any other one um quite quite like it except especially in, in age invasions i mean the only one i can think about is the uh um pagan people one yeah and then finally my, my kind of my favorite one or second favorite would be called uh, is is called stalking so this is a common and a uncommon dice. So uh, it's a shooting ability. If your unit is with an S of an uneven or dangerous terrain, gain three attack dice. So combine this with some crossbows, Oof. and it's going to be a bad time. There's uh, nothing else to say there. The... <laughs> <laughs> That's but, it. Just, just it. Yeah. Yep. You, you, you understand. It's nice and simple. It's very powerful. However, it also means that a little units of um, hearthguard, like for, like a four pack of mounted hearthguard with javelins, they can also gain the, the three attack dice. Um, so it makes them quite potent as well. It really increases that, uh, yeah, just the, the power of any, any one of those types of, of units. Because normally four hearthguard with javelins, okay, you get four, four shooting dice. Um, like it's nice, but it's not, it's not you know, going to change anything most of the time. However, if you add an extra three, you're starting to get a little bit worried uh, as, as the opponent if you see this coming towards you. Or it makes the your unit choice very flexible and it makes them uh, quite powerful. I think um, one other very, very interesting ability, just for me, maybe you, uh, you don't agree, is faint. It's a melee ability uh, for a uncommon or common die. If the enemy unit has more than six attack dice, you get plus one bonus to your defense dice. Otherwise, gain three attack dice. I think it's very interesting because you kind of can force your enemy, yep. like your opponents, to close ranks. On warriors, for example, if they're eight or on, uh, on, uh, on a six-pack of hearthguard, they will make you generate more attack dice if they close ranks. And I think that's it's very interesting. Yeah, it's also uh, really nice to combine with secret ways just to make sure that you're... For units, sure, yeah, for um, sure does get wiped out by some crazy combo, right? Because you can close ranks, so you're already saving on a four plus. Yeah. Um, and then normally if someone tries to attack your hearth guard, they'll have more than six, uh, six <laughs> attack dice. Otherwise they're doing something wrong. Um, and then you can, you're essentially saving on threes, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good odds. 
So that that's a, that's a very nice combo as well with the secret ways to make sure that if you do get charged, you you actually have a unit to teleport and and you you don't get completely wiped. So yeah, I think the the rest of the abilities are also uh, pretty good. Um, I don't think there's any any abilities here that are um, are like really terrible. Uh, the only ones that are a little bit difficult to get off are Frenzy and Sacred Tattoo simply because they take up uh, two dice each. Yeah. Uh, so I, I haven't played those as as many times simply because I, I think either an extra move or uh, being able to play a, another ability, even if it's not the most optimal one, is just so much better than, than using uh, two dice on, on these abilities. Especially where Frenzy costs like one uncommon and one rare. That's That's just super expensive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I'm not a big fan of, of two, two dice abilities. For me, yeah. they just tend to be a little bit much, especially in scenarios where you have other stuff to do, you know? Yeah. Um, so that makes it a little bit difficult. But yeah, it, it's like, they're definitely not bad bad abilities. It's a good board. I really like it. I haven't played them yet, but um, I'll definitely pull out my Irish and play them as picks, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it's solid. I, I mean, it, they, can, they have some really good defensive abilities, even though they're rel relatively lightly armored in terms yeah. of uh, having uh, Hearthguard with Javelins, for example, or your, uh, even your, your Warlord. So that's, that's pretty solid. So they, they kind of all round really good. You can get away with playing them all on foot. You can get away with uh, having more of them mounted. Um, it's, it's pretty flexible. And I think, I think we'll see um, picks doing quite well overall. It's a pretty straightforward board once you get the uh, the terrain the yeah. terrain down. So maybe let's talk a little bit about army composition. I'm gonna start off by saying, okay, just take the warlord on chariot. It's cool. Um, there's not a lot of chances <laughs> to uh, to take it. Um, maybe if I when I say the rest of the composition, you'll see why. So I I do really like two points of hearthguard. Uh, depending on your opponent, you can either have them on foot. Um, and then in a more melee option, uh, or you can have them mounted with uh, with javelins. Both are totally legitimate, depending on your opponent. Um, I also like two points of warriors, just because they're solid. Like you can't go wrong with just warrior yeah. dudes. Especially they move really quickly with scouts. They get in position. It's not like you're stuck with some really slow units. Um, and then after that, I think one unit of crossbows. Or one one unit of levy with crossbow is is a, is a must. You got to yeah. And then a unit with um, I think javelins are also pretty great. So you can kind of put them in both a, a aggressive role, or you can hide them in some uh, some terrain and then uh, shoot uh, shoot at people. So I think those two ones are are pretty legitimate. However, um, I think the levy with javelins can probably be switched out. Uh, relatively well by a mercenary unit. The interesting mercenary unit is called Guides. So it's uh, 1.8 figures, and it's eight warriors equipped with javelins. So the Guides know their homelands like the back of their hands. So in any scenario where the scenery isn't determined by the scenario, Guides allow the player to choose between the following after the table is set up, but before deployment. To add a small piece of low uneven terrain more than S uh, from any other piece of terrain to move a piece of terrain up to M anywhere more than S from another piece of terrain or to remove a small piece of terrain. So obviously you're not going to be removing the <laughs> small piece of terrain. You're either going to be adding or moving uh, a piece of terrain around just to uh, optimize it for your warband. 
and they don't suffer any movement penalties in uneven terrain. So that's pretty good as well. So that's uh, I think that's that's a very interesting option instead of taking the levy with javelins. So uh, you've got a nice, well-rounded, uh, well-rounded uh, warband, and then also you have a little bit of control in terms of if your uh, opponent is trying to reduce the amount of terrain on the board, you can kind of be guaranteed that you get uh, an extra piece somewhere on the board. So I think that's that's a pretty legitimate way of, of using mercenaries as well. I feel like um, leaving one point of levies at home and taking another point of just normal warriors might also work. Um, because I think with this battleboard, a 12-pack of warriors is quite really good because you can activate one unit for a very long charge without fatigue. You can have secret ways on them so they don't they can just teleport away to another very important fight later on um faint works really really good on them to have the bonus for your attack dice if the enemy really wants to kill them so i think um i think they're also really good yeah i, I don't think you you get wrong uh there's many wrong options with with this warband right you can use everything it's not like one one act uh any of the abilities is specifically for Hearthguard or specifically for yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it's very flexible, um, and the main the main conditional criteria which you have to meet is is just the terrain. So as long as you you have that one nailed down, then you're good. I think uh, you can make shooty units very very resilient with the feints, or you can make melee uh, units pretty brutal and quick with with some of the other abilities. So it's yeah, it really allows you to kind of cover all your weak spots and, and make your, your strengths even stronger. So maybe one last note on the model options. Uh, <laughs> I think you're looking at the models uh, generally going off the, the illustrations and the general vibe of uh, what Pixar are supposed to look like, some some barefoot... Uh, barefoot, hairy, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> barefoot, hairy dudes in, in like the, the long pajamas. Yeah, that seems to be the general vibe. So uh, and like for... and like stone chainmail from from the Romans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, limit limited amount of gear. Yeah, uh, but, um, yeah. I think the personally, I have the foot sore um, Scots slash Picts models, uh, since they have the entire range in terms of uh, levy with crossbows, javelins, just normal levies, and then normal warriors with uh, just no special equipment, and then your hearth guard both mounted and uh, and on foot so it covers everything the only thing footsore doesn't have at the moment is the chariot but i'm just using the gripping beast one and it's fine so Those that's are, your uh, metal minis right yeah they're all metal minis i know you're uh, allergic to, <laughs> to metal minis yeah yeah and um, gripping beast has recently released yes the plastic picts um i haven't seen the the full sprue yet but they do include the crossbow. Yes, so, there's one crossbow per sprue, so you can't quite build a whole, like with one box, you can't quite build a whole uh, unit of levies with crossbows, but with two boxes, you'll be fine. Yeah, because I think you'll normally be picking up two boxes anyway, so you'll, uh, you'll have enough for your unit, and then probably you're missing out on one or two, and then just give them like a stick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah just, just deal with yeah. it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also the... Uh, like from Wargames Atlantic, the Dark Age Irish. I think they they work well as well. They're not maybe they they're not perfect, but uh, if you like like very fine plastic, then those are probably your best bet. Yeah, I think they they have the sling options as well, right? Yes, so, they do. Uh, yeah, you're you're pretty well covered there. So I think I think either of those boxes and they're relatively interchangeable. I think. 
yeah. from what I've seen. So um, you've got the, the plastic side covered as well. And then I guess you just mix and match a little bit if you want mounted models uh, with the uh, the Dark Age cavalry kit and then add Or maybe some, the, uh, the Dark Age goth kit, the goth gallery. Yeah. If you give them other hats, I think they would work well as Hothgard um, horses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I think you can probably get away with a lot because they're relatively lightly armored in terms of having just the, the javelins. So just give them a helmet. Don't worry about the <laughs> don't worry about the chainmail. It's fine. So <laughs> I think you you can uh, get away with a, a pretty cheap warband that looks uh, looks decent. So I think that makes it kind of an all round good good warband. You can either go off foot and and just keep it nice and simple. Go the plastic route, and uh, you're basically sorted with about fifty euros. So yeah, always a good time. And then you can use the mascots as well. So win win. Dude, I'm gonna start collecting picts. <laughs> They're like, I'm gonna start playing picts because I already have like Scots and Irish. So, damn, it, it, what's, really cool. What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Yeah, yeah. I, I never looked at the board, and uh, you've kind of convinced me here. Yeah, this this podcast is getting pretty expensive because every time we look at a board, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, maybe we should oh, yeah. buy it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly, three elephants appear in the mail. Yeah, I do have three elephants next to me right now for the <laughs> for the Sassnets. Ah. <laughs> imagine my surprise all right <laughs> that that was that was all for today thank you very much for listening to the activation phase podcast and we will be covering the the hunts of all people in the next episode thank you yes this is gonna be my episode yes thank you goodbye <laughs>